0: Whatever the truth, the place was rife with mystery enough to spark their young imaginations like flint. And there was the time she had tumbled from that tree, age-gnarled even then, and had found comfort in the arms of the novice mistress, Sister Beatrice, her father's elder sister, who had dedicated herself to God, had followed her close that day, and kissed the bruises to make them well, kisses that never failed to ease whatever pain she felt. It was here at Amesbury that Eleanor had begun her woman's courses and found her own religious vocation. No matter how fond she might grow of Tyndall, this would remain that irreplaceable spot where the world had been mostly joyous, safe, and full of love. Women's courses? Eleanor winced as a severe cramp stabbed her lower belly. She shifted to ease her aching back. "'Why must she suffer the return of this affliction brought to women by their mother Eve? "'Had she not endured enough with that near-fatal ague she contracted in late winter?' "'Apparently not,' Eleanor groaned. "'I should have known my monthly bleeding would arrive now. "'This must have been her particular torment inherited from the mother of all women, "'for her courses always seemed to come whenever she undertook a long journey.' Despite the short remission granted from this pain after her illness, she had come at least prepared for the return of her bleedings. After all, she concluded, with wry amusement, curses only gained in power when they were unexpected. Another sharp spasm hit her with such force that she bent forward. As the cramp eased, she remembered that she and her aunt were in agreement on this matter— Neither of them doubted that Eve's grave sin was cause enough for God to scourge women with painful courses, but they did conclude that Eve herself would never have passed this down to her daughters if she'd had her say about it. In fact, Sister Beatrice had once added that God had surely exempted the Virgin Mary from this monthly woe. In spite of her pain, Eleanor smiled. Slowly, the prioress straightened. The potion brewed from willow bark that Sister Anne had given her was beginning to take effect, but the cramps had exhausted what little strength she had possessed upon rising for prayer earlier this morning. She closed her eyes again, the need for sleep rushing through her with almost irresistible force. Clutching the rough edge of the cold stone bench, she forced herself to look at the earth around her. Delicate but determined shoots of young flowers, some with tiny blue buds or lovage green leaves, were escaping the freezing prison winter had made of the earth. My spirit must take courage from this sight, she said, but her body was unmoved by her determined pronouncement. Whether or not her soul greeted this eager life with joy, a deep weariness had taken residence within her, an indifference that suggested God might be easing her toward death. Was she ready for her soul to part from its casing of dust? Did it even matter whether or not she was? Her eyelids, heavy with fatigue, Eleanor bent her head, and her spirit began to slip into a pool of black humour, as if weighted with an iron chain. Before it had sunk far, however, her ears caught the sound of familiar and cherished voices. Her spirit brightened. Two women, deep in conversation, were coming toward her, both were unusually tall for their gender, but it was the younger that looked up at the elder. The former, Sister Anne, was a most talented healer, as well as Eleanor's dearest friend at Tyndall. The latter might hold no higher title than novice mistress at Amesbury Priory, but all who knew Sister Beatrice had learned that she was servant only to God. "You look pale, child," the elder woman said as she stopped in front of her niece. You must eat meat to regain your strength, Sister Anne agrees. Although Sister Beatrice had spent six decades on earth, her soft skin retained an almost youthful hint of rose. The creases of age might be shallow in her high forehead, around her sea-blue eyes and the corners of her thin mouth. Nonetheless, two dark furrows formed a deep fee between her grey eyebrows, lines that had been there since infancy. While the frown warned lesser mortals that she was possessed of a mind whetted by reason, it also hid her very warm heart, a mixed blessing to a woman who understood the nature of love more than most, and considered rational thought a weapon to be used only against fear or evil. I took a vow, Eleanor replied. Meat overheats the blood. Beatrice raised one eyebrow. Overheats the blood, you say?